I'm a covenant Living in the riches of my Lord and King, I'm a covenant man. Committed to Him in everything I do. Hello, my name is Ryan Weeder, and uh, today I'm going to be talking with you about disunion in the church. Um, this has been something on my heart for a while now, because I just, I don't, I don't think that it's, uh, it's something that should exist. <laughs> um, that the 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 thing that really kind of jump started this sermon for me was um my my recent mission trip to belize i um i i ended up having a debate with a legalist and it was interesting because um he he was going around to everybody in my mission group and he was debating with them well arguing with them <laughs> um and, you know, all, all of them were just kind of like nodding along and smiling, just trying to get away from him because we were eating. And uh, he eventually got to me and I had just finished eating. And he, he came, sat down next to me. And, and he was an older gentleman, I would say like uh, early 70s or so. And he said, um, you have any questions for me? I go, no, sir. He goes, really? Because I've been around a long time. I know a lot about the Bible. But no, I'm good. And... Uh, and he wasn't having it, so he, he started an argument with me, and we were arguing about, um, and we were arguing about, um, well, at first we were agreeing, uh, we, we agreed that, you know, you can, you can only be a Christian if you accept Jesus into your heart, we're like, exactly, and so we, we were on the same page there, and I said, yeah, and if you're, if you're living a life in sin, I'm not saying you're not a Christian, because I, I don't know your heart. I, I, I'm not in a position to judge you and decide whether or not you go to heaven or hell. But I would have some questions. Um, and he goes, yeah, exactly. Like, if you watch pornography every day, you're going to hell. I'm like, um, hold on. <laughs> There's a little difference in phrasing there. And I said, okay, well, what about if you watch pornography once a week? He goes, you're going to hell. I'm like, all right. And he goes, but if you watch pornography, like, once every six months or something... It's okay. It's not a habit. You know, the blood covers that. You you have Jesus. You have Jesus to cover that. I'm like, well, who, who's to say whether or not it's once every six months or once every week? And he goes, well, God is. I'm like, so you're speaking for God now? Because I don't see that anywhere in the Bible. And he, he could never answer that question. But it, it started, it started, it was eaten at me. Because he, he never he never admitted his his opinion was wrong. I never admitted mine was wrong, and that's fine, you know. Debates, arguments, whatever, end like that sometimes. But it was eating me up for a long time, and I prayed. I said, God, what? Why is this one eating at me? I've had debates and arguments with other people uh, about with other people about theological issues. Why is this one bugging me? And he said, because you could see that he saw that there was a flaw, and you could see that there was change nearby. And, and it was true, and I asked him how to move on. He said, you just, you gotta, you gotta have faith. Basically, he was saying you have to have faith that he'll eventually change. And I started thinking, I said, you know, debating about whether or not how much sin is too much sin is really kind of ridiculous. Because regardless of whether or not you believe good works get you into heaven or not, I think it's a solid bet that 
Christians as a whole believe that if you are a Christian, you will do good works and you'll avoid sin. As a Christian, that's what you're going to do. Whether or not you believe that's going to get you into heaven or not. So I think debating over something that trivial and simple is ridiculous, especially to, to create a whole other denomination about it. And, um, and the Lord brought to me the scripture, Matthew 12, 25. It says, And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And that's pretty, pretty straightforward and definite right there. And it's a pretty stark contrast to the church. I mean, um, I mean there's just there's so much division and strife in the church nowadays. And I, and I, and I Googled it because I, I was very curious. I said, what, how many denominations are there? Because there, there seem to be so many denominations out there. And um, there was a study done by the WCE, which is the World Christianity Encyclopedia, um, that, that listed all the denominations. Um, and, and while Googling this, I found that a pretty standard one is that there are 33,000 denominations. Um, and if you, if you dig a little deeper, it's not, uh, what they're saying is that there's 33,000 denominations worldwide, Protestant and Catholic. Um, so it, it, they're saying that there are 9,000 Protestant denominations. 9,000 Protestant denominations. But their, their uh, definition's a little weird in that they, um, they define a denomination as it can only be in one country, which is not correct. So even if you divide it by 195 countries around the world, there's still too many denominations in the Protestant church. There's way too many. There's far too much division, far too much strife, far too much nitpicky over little things when they really don't matter. And um, another verse that, that the Lord kind of, he, he kind of drew out of the page to me, if you will, was Ephesians 4, 4 through 6. It says, there is one body, one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. So there's one body as the church, us as Christians, we are one body. As much as you might not like the other person, the other part of the body, we are one body. There is one faith, one religion. We are Christians. We shouldn't define ourselves as, oh, I'm non-denominational, interdenominational. I'm, I'm a Lutheran. I'm a Presbyterian. We are Christians. And it's, it, it's, it's not... It's not so much of a spiritual thing as a mindset shift. It's, an, it's not a spiritual change as much as, because our spirit knows we're Christians, as much as it is a soul change. Um, and when you get your spirit and soul in unison against your body, that's two against one, the two are going to win. There is one God who is in us all. And that, that's a very core defining thread amongst all Christians. We worship the same God. We worship the same Jesus. That's a very, that is the central thread running between all of us. And it's something we can all relate about. We all worship God. We all worship Jesus. And we all love God. And we all love Jesus. This is it's a very defining thread that I think we should focus on a lot more. And that, listen, you and I, 
we have the biggest thing in common. We love God, we love Jesus, and we believe in them as our Lord and Savior. That is something that is massive that people seem to gloss over over the little nitpicky things that we like to argue about. And then I started thinking, you know, Jesus did give us a commandment, you know, in Matthew 22, 37 through 33. And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like unto it, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Again, pretty straightforward. We're supposed to love people. We're not supposed to argue with them and despise them, think little of them just because they believe a little differently than we do. Like I said, the Lealist and I, we believe the same basic thing in that a Christian, you know, accepts Jesus as his Lord and Savior, does good, avoids sin. It's just that there was, he was trying to put qualifications on it, and I didn't think I was the person who could put qualifications on it. I didn't think that I, I was at the point, I didn't think I was God judging people based on their actions instead of on their hearts. And again, this, it's just a little thing. We believe the same basic thing. It's just he was focusing and trying to do something that I didn't think you should be doing. But I still love them. And he loved me. As he left, as he left, after this argument, after this was going on, as he left, he smiled at me, waved at me, and said, goodbye, have a good trip, I love you, brother. And I waved at him and said, have a good one. And that, that, is, that is something so central that so many Christians just forget about. We're supposed to love each other. And in fact, if you're asking who's my neighbor, it's answered. You're not the first person to think this. It's in the Bible, in Luke 10, 29. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, who's my neighbor? And there are two things here. First of all, after that is the, is the um, parable of the Good Samaritan. And we, we all know, we all know that one and that, you know, everyone's our neighbor. And second of all, it says there that he was trying to justify himself. He, first of all, when you're trying to justify yourself based on your own merit to Jesus, it's not going to end well for you. The only way we're justified is through Jesus. Of course, he didn't know that yet. But the point still stands when you're trying to justify yourself. It puts you in conflict with certain things and certain aspects. And Jesus Jesus showed that you're trying, you're trying to justify yourself by saying, well, he's not my neighbor. Well, he's not my neighbor, but she might be my neighbor. So who's my neighbor? And Jesus told the parable of the Good Samaritan to show that if you're not loving everybody, you're not just. And then, of course, that's, that's everybody else. But there's a special bond with Christians. We all believe the same thing. We're all one body, as previously stated. And in Galatians 3, 25 through 28, it says, But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster, for ye are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ, therein neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither make male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. We're family now. You, you and I are family, regardless of the little things that we disagree on. We are family. We're one in Jesus. And if, if we have put on Christ, then it's about time we start acting like Christ and stop bickering over little to nothing. 
In fact, I saw a cartoon talking about it. It said, oh, um, are you Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. What denomination? He goes, oh, well, I'm a, I'm a Pentecostal. He goes, oh, Pentecostal, cool. And he goes, oh, well, what are you? He goes, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. I believe all the same things you do, except I go to church on Saturday instead of Sunday. He goes, what? And he bolts, trying to get away from him. Um, and it's the little things like that. I mean, it really is like that. It's just, you know, I go to church on Saturday. Oh, no, we can't talk anymore because we can only go to church on Sundays. And it's little to nothing. We can't argue like that. If you look, Christ never argued over the little things like that. He never, he never did. He loved on everybody. The only people he called out were the Pharisees and the Sadducees who were trying to use theological debates to corner and convict Jesus. He only, he only, attacked, he only debated and argued with the hypocrites. And another example is me and my sister. We're family. We argue all, we, well, not all the time, not anymore at least. But we argue. We have our disagreements. But we don't cut each other off just because we have a disagreement or an argument. We're family. We stick through it. Now, now there are certain things that Christianity just cannot accept. We cannot allow. Like questioning or uh, denying the deity of Jesus. I've, I've heard that going around in some places. And that you're not even a Christian if you don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that Jesus is part of the Trinity. You're not even a Christian. There's um, encouraging others to sin because we're under grace. Grace is a wonderful thing, but encouraging others to sin because we're under grace, that's wrong. In fact, in Romans 6, 1 through 2, it talks about that. Paul says, heaven forbid. And there's the unpardonable sin. Um, and I don't want to get into that. You can make a whole sermon about the unpardonable sin. And then there are the other basic beliefs in our faith, like accepting Jesus into your heart. Again, like whether or not you believe that works will get you into heaven, we all believe that you have to accept Jesus into your heart and declare him as Savior and Lord of your life. That's one of the core things. And that Jesus was raised from the dead and is now living on the right hand of God. There, there are certain things. You can't believe that Jesus is still dead. Jesus is alive and well at the right hand of the throne. There are certain core beliefs that you can't change and alter. But... The little, the little things, like, like I said, it's the core, the foundations. You can't change or else it's just not Christianity. But the little nitpicky stuff, like when to go to church, whether or not good works send you to heaven or hell, regardless, you're going to be doing good works. It's the little things like that that just, that just don't make sense to me, that are just needless. And I want to wrap up with a, a scripture. Matthew 5, 14 and 16. It says, ye are the light of the world, a city that is set on the hill cannot be hid. And in verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You can't be a city on a hill. You can't be a light of the world if you look just like the world. And all that arguing, bickering, strife, division, all of that is just like the world. Look at the, po look at the politics that are going on right now. You can't be a light to the world. If you look just like the world, you're not a light in that case. You're just blending in with the darkness. So, in conclusion, don't focus on the differences and the little, the little things that really, at the end of the day, don't mean all that much. Focus on the things that we have in common. And the last little story I want to wrap up with again, <laughs> again, in conclusion, is that um, 
one of my former coworkers, he, he's a firm Baptist. And of course I am not a Baptist, but he and I were, were talking and, um, I was, I was, I was discussing how we're saved by grace and he was talking about how we need good works. And as we discussed, this was about an hour-long discussion, and both of us were very cordial. I would say this is really more of a debate and less of an argument. But as we discussed and debated, I realized, and I hope he realized, but I realized that he and I believe the same thing. We just had a different focus. He was focusing on how your life should look after you're saved. This is what a Christian life looks like. This is what a Christian does. A Christian does good things and stays away from bad things. My focus was on grace and that you don't have to work for things. When you're born again, you're saved. You're going to heaven. You're saved by grace through faith. And it was just a different focus. We believed the same things, but we had a different focus on things. He was... and. If I, if I were to put this into an illustration of future, of, of future ministries, he would be more of a, a discipler. He would be the one leading people in discipleship, teaching them in the ways that they should go. I would be more of um, uh, an evangelist. And I, I want to bring people into the family. I want to save people through Jesus. You know, I want... I want to bring people in. He wants to train them up. And it's just a different focus there, but we believe the same basic things. And that's really, that's really all there is to it. You know, sometimes it just takes a little bit of talking and you can figure out you're not that different after all. And there really shouldn't be disunity in the church. Jesus doesn't like to see his children bickering. <laughs> I don't think any, any parent likes to see their children arguing and fighting. So th thank you for listening. And I hope you learned something. Thank you, partners, for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry.